We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. Nosotros crecemos cuando damos. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. Welcome to ROG, Return on Generosity. I'm your host, Shannon Cassidy. This podcast celebrates generosity at work, not financial giving. Giving valuable time, mutual respect, alternative perspectives, and genuine collaboration. Please join me in welcoming Debbie Hart. She's a vice president, food and beverage and merchandise development, optimization and standards for Walt Disney World. We met through a mutual friend, Rosalind Durant, our guest on episode 44. Welcome to ROG, Debbie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored and humbled to be here. I am looking forward to our conversation. Me too. So let's learn a little bit more about you. Tell us about Debbie. I actually am married to a man named Shell Hart, and he is a leader of a company called Max Living. And he is all into health and wellness and chiropractic care, as well as spirituality just as much. I'm a mom. I became a mom later in life. I'm a mom to twins. They are currently six years old and just finished up kindergarten. And it is quite the heavy schedule, but full of so many great moments because I am seeing the world through their eyes. I'm a stepmom to three older children that are off in college or working. So really good, really good experiences I have on a personal level. And then from a work standpoint, I've been with Disney 30 years. I actually started on the college program. I had this moment where I was like, I saw the sign to go sign up and maybe work at Disney for a semester, traveled off to Disney for a semester and it changed the rest of the course of my life. And I've been here now 30 years and started at the very frontline role and I have had the opportunity to go into various roles throughout the organization. And here I am today. Amazing. Ah, thank you for sharing that and for making time in your incredibly busy schedule to share some of your thoughts and perspectives with us. You have been a guest speaker in our Cornerstones of Leadership program at ESPN, and you're just a remarkable and generous leader. So talk to me about generosity. What are some ways that you have seen generosity in the workplace? I think it's twofold. I think it's where we give and we can receive generous moments that maybe we don't necessarily take to heart as a moment that could be defining for us. And I think these moments when they happen, we sometimes, again, can take them for granted and just pass them by. And I'll I'll share with you one that happened to me recently as I headed into this new role. I've been in this job now about three months, the, the role that you just talked about for food and beverage and merchandise. And as I was heading into the role, I received a call from a leader and it was a peer of mine who said, I need to share with you something that is word on the street. And I was like, oh, great. Okay, let me know what, what's going on. I thought, hey, it's going to be something great about the work I'm going to be doing. But it actually was personal. And it was about me. And what the leader shared with me is that the word on the street is, how did you get this job? You don't have the experience that some of the other players did that probably in their minds, they felt were more worthy of the role. And I said, okay. And um, the, the leader said, you know, as you take that in, let's just talk about who you are and let's talk about what you bring to the table. And I want you to make sure as you go into this role, people understand who you are and what you bring that differentiates others that may be questioning why you got the role. I took that as a gift. And again, that could have been a moment I just passed right through. And I basically said, here's a gift that I have that I can figure out how can I use this to help shape the thinking and perceptions that are out there. So I had these roundtables with my team as I onboarded, which I think is another generosity moment where I heard from lots of the individuals to say, you're actually going to spend time with us. 
And it was my opportunity for them to get to know me as their new leader. And I usually do these within the first two weeks within my new role. And during those conversations, I took that as a moment. And I basically said, um, you know, I want to dress the elephant in the room. And the elephant in the room is that some of you are questioning why I got this role, because maybe I don't have the depth of experience that all of you do. The individuals were able to speak back to me at that point. But what I shared is what I do bring and how I see us working together in this organization. One, you all are the subject matter experts. What I bring to the table are things that are related to leadership, whether it be people, process, large-scale integration projects. But that's my wheelhouse, and I'm here to help and not get in the way, but definitely make sure that I'm knowing enough in order to be able to support you. So yeah, that was one one of the very great gifts that I received. Oh, without a doubt as difficult as that might have been to say or to hear, I think that feedback is something that you model well, you believe in, you commit time and energy to. So talk to me more about feedback as an act of generosity. Yeah, I think sometimes we avoid feedback and I'll call it the conversations that make people uncomfortable, you know, because we want to be relationship based. We want everyone to like us. And sometimes we'll avoid what the conflict might be or could feel in the room because you feel like you're hurting somebody's feelings. But actually, in my opinion, you know, you hear this word gift. It is a gift. And I'm giving you something to make you aware of how you can actually become better. And you can either accept that or you can put it on the shelf. It's up to you. Just like a gift. I can accept it and use it or leave it be. I'll share a story with you where... I uh, was in a new role and I was talking to somebody about their career and I said, you know, tell me a little bit about what you're interested in. And they talked about an executive role and I said, oh, that's great. Now, do you know what people are saying about you when you're not in the room, like what they've talked about for talent? And they were like, no, I'm, I'm just being told I'm, I'm ready. I'm an up and comer. And I said, well, let me share with you what is being said when you're not in the room. And I proceeded to let the individual know that they weren't on the list of the up and comers. I proceeded to let the individual know that um, there were things that they needed to work on in order to be able to get to the next level. And these were things around presence, command, the way that they actually led a group, making sure that people hear her voice, making sure that her opinion is heard. And it's done in a way that people respect it and understand it. I even offered books. I, you know, I just, took this as an opportunity to let them know that I really care about you and I want to help you get there. And I will tell you, it was uncomfortable for the individual because it was so new to them. They had never heard it. And it was disappointing to me because what I had heard all along, and I'm sure many people can relate to this, is they know their feedback. But when you really uncover, do they really know the feedback? They're probably not hearing that one area of opportunity that could help catapult them to where they need to be. And in this case, it's up to that individual now what they want to do with that. And we continue to have conversations around it and make sure that I'm checking in and helping her in whatever way that I can. And I've made my leaders feel a little bit more comfortable in order to be able to provide me that feedback because there's always opportunities that people need to work on. So even when people are uncomfortable naturally giving you that feedback on their own, by asking that question, you're inviting them to think of something. And if they're not prepared to think of something right there... I would imagine you follow up and say, well, think about it and let me, let me know. Yes, yes. And I've had leaders, believe it or not, ab- above me say they're not comfortable giving feedback. So I have had to ask and say, you know, I'm, I really want to know. Because again, that's my one nugget that I either, you know, can work on and make better or I can be self-aware 
that, okay, this is fully baked in me. I'm, I don't know if I'll be able to change this. This is part of who I am, but I'm going to be more aware of that. And I can actually turn that from an opportunity into probably a, a quiet, quiet strength. I so respect and appreciate your willingness and your openness to seeking feedback, making it comfortable for people to offer it to you being reciprocal and being willing to offer others feedback. Has there ever been a time when you received feedback that you disagreed with? Yeah, as I think about that, I'm going to I'm going to share a story where it's recent. Actually, I was I'm I've been working with someone who I went to and I said, you know, I feel like our relationship is just not where it could be. If the two of us were working on all cylinders, we could do some bang up stuff. But for some reason I just don't feel like we're we're hitting it. Can you, can you share with me? Is there something that I'm doing? Is there something that I could be doing differently that could help us get there? And this individual shared with me that, you know, I'm not just, it's, it's really your style. You know, you move really fast. You ask a lot of questions, the leaders before you, and actually now, you know, saying that to somebody in my organization, but they had shared the leaders before you basically asked questions, but got out of our way. And I said, um, okay, are you open to hearing my perspective about this? And the individual was, said, yeah, sure. Tell me how you're feeling. And I said, well, I feel like when I ask questions, you get frustrated with me and I feel like I'm getting shut down and all I'm trying to do is understand. And I said, I feel like what we need to do is peel back the comment you just made about your leaders prior. And let's look at who those leaders are and what they brought to the table. And we went through each of the ones and I said, so this is where they sorted because these are their strengths. I said, but have you looked at who I am and what I bring to the table? Because we've talked about it. But what I bring to the table is I'm an operator at heart who you know has been operating things in our parks or operating things at different properties or even in HR. But I want to get under the hood and I want to know how things work. So when I ask that question, it's not about I'm looking to you know, trip you up or feel like I'm trying to get too much information. I just want to know what I need to know in order to be able to get the car to run. And so I will tell you that individual went back and reflected on the conversation. It gave them a time to reflect on who is Debbie. And they did come back and said, if I'm making you uncomfortable for asking questions, then I need to own some of that. This conversation is going to open up for us to get to a better spot. But if that feedback is going to change who I am and how I'm going to work, because that's part of who I am and my skill set. Yes. And what I'm hearing in that example, Debbie, thank you for sharing that, is intent. We often hear assume positive intent. Three words that are really easy to say, but not easy to live by, which is, you know, when I ask you these questions, I want you to assume that I am genuinely curious. I really want to know. And I want to know because I want to respect and appreciate the work you're doing. I want to see how the puzzle pieces fit together. So I'm not attacking you. This is not an inquisition. You are not, you know, on the defense. I'm not going to assume that I did anything wrong. I might assume I might be challenging to work with whatever you would do. But I think that assuming positive intent is so important. So important. And I think this conversation allowed us to go there. I feel like I was shutting down and not being who I truly could be and bringing myself to work every day because I was avoiding questions. And yet this individual was adjusting to my style. So it was like, we just needed to get to a place where we understood one another. So those conversations are courageous, they are uncomfortable, and they're so necessary. And it sounds like by having those conversations, you enable broader understanding of the context, 
the situation the person's in, the way that they're perceiving things, which I would imagine enables you to provide the benefit of the doubt. The benefit of the doubt is also a generous act where I assume positive intent and I don't make up the rest of the story without the courtesy of asking you for the rest of the story. You know, I I love that because, you know, I'll, I'll reflect on a story. We've obviously been through a lot with COVID. And during our, our journey for Walt Disney World, we had gone through some tough times, whether it was people were on furlough or we were migrating in and we had moments of layoffs. And I remember at this one point that, you know, we were we had moved past furloughs and we were heading into layoffs and they were months apart. And during that, I noticed that one of my senior leaders was missing and not missing. You know, they were present, but they were really present. And when I say missing, it was in their in their spirit and and maybe the way that they were guiding people through this. So I was kind of like, you know, where are they when we need them? You know, this is the tough time. We need to make sure that we're showing up. So I stepped away from everything, you know, making the announcements and the things that we needed to do. And I called the individual and again, somebody that I, I care about and just said, are you okay? Because um, I just, I'm feeling like you're, you're not present. And they broke down and they said, you know, I'm really having a tough time. This is so hard on my spirit. I just, I feel for people and it is hard for me to navigate this space. So I proceeded to have a conversation with the individual around obviously the resources that we have available to help individuals through that. But I also said, you know, when you get in that space, People are looking to you and need you to show up in that moment. If for some reason you feel like you can't, please make sure you're reaching out to your leader or your leader's leader or even me to make sure that I am aware that you're not going to be able to to do this. And we got to go wrap arms around your group because at that point, her group was kind of left out and we need to make sure they're taken care of as well. So, you know, one, it was caring about the individual, but two, it was also caring about the rest of the the team, making sure that everybody felt they had a, a soft place to land. And the individual, I just said, if you need to take the rest of today, step away and, you know, let us know if you'll be back in tomorrow. But if you come back in tomorrow, I need to be fully in tomorrow. And they said, okay, I'm going to take the day. And when they did come back, they, they came back full in and they said, I just needed some space. And, you know, sometimes that's what people need. When we come back, Debbie will share about the value of having individualized conversations. Introducing the brand new QuadPod Podcast Network. At QuadPod, we have a variety of podcasts that are as unique as you are. Visit QODPOD.com. The QuadPod Podcast Network. That's QODPOD.com. And we're back with more from Debbie Hart, Vice President, Food and Beverage and Merchandise Development, Optimization and Standards for Walt Disney World. I think the individualized conversations is where you really allow people to share with us what's on their not only on their mind, but in their heart too. So I created an opportunity for this individual to really express themselves to me. If you do it in email, you don't necessarily understand the tone, how it's coming across, what people are saying. It, it could be the softest message you ever typed, yet it sounds very harsh. You know, people sometimes think that. So in this case, it's hearing one another's voice. And when you hear the compassion in the voice on the phone saying, are you okay? That's when 
you can put somebody at ease and someone can have that. We all know, Shannon, right? We're all so busy. Finding that five minutes in a day is probably the best investment we can make from a standpoint of generosity and giving to people and work. And what we get out of those five, and then it turns into 10 minutes, but whatever we get out of those five to 10 minutes is probably one of the best things throughout our day. Absolutely. Because so often we're in pursuit of efficiency and time savings and doing things as quickly and as smartly as we possibly can. But if you think about all of the time that could be spent and all the energy consumed by, well, what does she mean by that? And what is she trying to say? And should I even include this person in the next meeting? And why is Debbie upset with me? And all of that. The cost of the swirl cannot be outweighed by the five minute phone call, which in fact actually makes that person feel more significant and loved anyway. I like that too. And the other thing that I thought about is I went right to the source. So this individual doesn't even report to me. They report through the organization in a different way. But instead of going to their leader and saying, hey, will you check in? I went and made the phone call. It's that important. And when it is that important, again, to your point, people will feel valued and grateful for that conversation. And still, I believe that people will carry those moments with them forward. Mm -hmm. And how that made them feel. You didn't start a whole gossip chain because that is unfortunately, I think what some of us do is we go and we ask someone else and then it just a big waste of time. And it really is not valuing and it's not investing in and it's not a gift to other people. When have you experienced generosity in your career? When have you been the recipient of or observed acts of generosity in the workplace? I think about the generosity that I've received through mentoring. And uh, I've had two phenomenal mentors that actually both have retired in the past year. So it broke my heart when they both announced their retirement, but they have been my mentors for a long time coming. And it organically happened because a lot of people seek out and they go, will you be my mentor? And it's like, I don't know if you just create that relationship. It just naturally happened where these were the individuals that were investing in having conversations with me about career changes, things to think about, always gave me the, what people are saying when I'm not in the room, talking to me about what I wanted to do next, making sure that I was using my, my strengths in a way that I should. That has been the greatest gift because both these individuals changed the trajectory of my career from basic conversations to bigger conversations to make sure that they were helping me think about how my skills could shine and whatever that next role would be. And uh, I, I, I went through mourning. I had to go through grieving when they were leaving. But my that is probably where I've experienced a lot of generosity, not necessarily the tangible stuff, the gift of time from these two individuals I am the leader that I am today because of them. That example is so rich and meaningful because I'm hearing that that leader saw your value and reflected your worthiness, that that individual enabled you to see your strengths and your value and poured into you in a way that was like, I want you to just embellish that and put a spotlight on those strengths. So it enabled you to have that worthiness. Yeah. You know, and it makes me think about one moment with my uh, mentor where he said, I need you to get crystal clear with everyone in the organization that you want to be a vice president in this company. And I said, well, doesn't everybody know? And he was like, but you need to start saying it. And I need you to go do that. And I was like, wow, okay, here I was and and already an executive had been in the role for a while. And and he was pushing me out of my comfort zone because I'm like, I don't like to do that. 
That was such a gift because I got very laser focused on what I wanted to do next and what I wanted to continue to grow to be versus others making the decision for me. So I got very focused on that. And that led to a role that I said to my leader at the time, uh, my leader said, what do you want to do next? I said, I want to be a vice president with Walt Disney World. And I said, I want to make sure that when you're talking the next two top two candidates of who's going to be the next vice president, I want to make sure I'm one of those two. I need to go change jobs in order to be of those top two. Because what I was missing was recent operations experience. I had been in operations, left operations. And I said, I need to get back in. And they were like, are you sure you have your operations badge? I said, let's do this. And I did. And that was such a gift because I went and had the best time of my life those three years. But in, in those three years, I changed roles three times in operations. And literally, they came to me and offered me the next role I got was vice president. And it was compelling to see how I needed to start stating it and making sure that it was crystal clear and then aligning myself to that in order to be able to get to where I wanted to go. Such sage advice. And for all of us listening who recognize that that's an opportunity to be more clear and deliberate about where you want to go, to share it with everybody who would bother to listen, particularly those who are going to have a hand in the accessibility of those potential future roles. So being clear being confident, being courageous, putting it out there. This such awesome advice. Thank you. Thank you for that, Debbie. So talk to me about the benefits of generosity. We don't give to get, but there's so much value that we get from being a generous leader. Every day at the end of the day, I reflect on what was great in that day. And I know you and I share this with the, our gratitude journals. I write down five things in the day that I'm grateful for. And if I just scope my book and go past. There's things that have to do at work and there has things that have to do with personal. But when I think about the generosity in these moments, I get something out of it. And what I get in the, at the end of the day is connections with people. And um, we're all wired for connection. That's what life is about. We're wired to connect with people. But I find it fills my cup when I give to others. You know, we give and then we receive. I feel like when I give, I actually receive more than when somebody just gives to me. I love the way it feels. And, you know, I think about these moments that I did and it builds your brand too. Cause I will say, even through COVID, here we are, we all got, you know, go work at home. Never did it before. And I pulled a list of all my cast members at the time and it was over a hundred. And I said, I am gonna reach out to every single one of these. And I literally kept a checklist going and I would call people and just, randomly call them and say, Hey, it's Debbie. And they were like, is everything okay? Did I do something wrong? And that's the first reaction. I'm like, no, no, I'm just calling to check in on you. And they're like, I've never had a vice president call me before. And the power of that, you know, I get goosebumps right now as I, I say this, but I forget my title, but my title does mean something to individuals in the sense of somebody cared enough about me to call me. I think of myself as Debbie Hart. I don't think of myself as anything to do with my title, but that means something to people when you call and you take time out of your day that they consider very busy to ask them how they are. We talked about anything and everything. And I will tell you when I was announced to move from that team about three months ago, it was hard on me emotionally. The notes that I got, were nothing was about the work that we did. It was all about the way that I made people feel. So when I think about generosity and, and what it comes back to me, it's it's the brand of who I am. And it is 
no pun intended, Debbie Hart, putting her heart out there for other people. Yeah, the perfect oh, last yeah. name for you. <laughs> you couldn't have planned yeah. that, but it is absolutely spot on. Uh, and I think that's a good segue to a belief that you have about the abundance in life, right? That that our life is not just fill in the blank. It's not just certain roles that we have or just certain things that we do. There's like so much complexity and beauty and abundance out there. So if you were going to give our listeners just like one nugget to walk away with related to that, what would it be? I, I really think it all starts with believing. Believing in there is more if you want it, but you have to believe it. I've seen it play out in my life and so many occasions. I will tell you that this is a personal story that I haven't shared with many, but when I uh, was was get, going to get pregnant, we didn't have a good shot. And I remember somebody saying, you're not, you're at the age, you're not going to produce any eggs. Well, we're going to give it the best shot we ever had because I'm, I'm going to believe here. And I, I said, you know, and I'll get spiritual for you because my faith in God is, is very strong. I said, God, give me a sign. And I was riding down the street on my bike, doing my morning workout and my faith moments. And there were six pennies on the ground. And those six pennies turned into my moment of getting to a place where I had abundance. And God said, you're going to have not not one, but you're going to have abundance. So I thought, oh, I'm not just going to have one kid. And then I got twins. So here we are today. So just believe. Thank you for sharing that with us. And even in a moment of struggle that you were aware of the need to believe and you looked for signs and you found them. And what a miracle. I believe part of your mission in life is to be a mom. So the fact that you now have two children that you can just pour into and love the way that you do is just something so remarkable. So believe, believe and trust and know that good things can happen and that we can have faith. And look, we don't always get the thing that we're hoping for, but we get some version of that that can also help us and, and lead us. We always close with a favorite quote. What's, what's one of your favorite quotes? I've used this often and I give this quote to teams that I have moved from or changed. And I always put them in little frames and it is, we do not remember days, we remember moments. It, it's so fitting for the place that I work to, Disney World, we create magical moments. We always say people remember again, the moments, not necessarily everything you did in that day. So to me, this is kind of how I live my life and how I think about life. Moments shape everything for me and don't pass them by too quickly. Take advantage of every moment in life. Those are gifts. For sure. And your gratitude practice is one way to do that. So for those who are listening that recognize that sometimes you blow past a day and a day becomes a week, becomes a month, and you're like, whoa, how did we get here? But to stop and give gratitude, whether you write it down, just think about it, or you text it to somebody, or however it is that you ground yourself in some moment of that day that you could anchor yourself in and reflect on. That's such a beautiful thing. So thank you, Debbie, for being who you are and for sharing your story with us, for sharing your experiences and your wisdom with us, and really just for being a model for what true leadership looks like. Thank you. I am so glad to be here, and I hope everyone has a fantastic and magical day. ROG takeaway tip, how to apply what we've learned to our own work and lives. Debbie shared valuable examples and stories about how to be a generous leader. Here are three practical things that we could practice in our own work environments. Number one, seek feedback. 
Two, offer feedback. And three, make personal connections. Number one, seek feedback. Think of one person in your personal life that you respect and trust. Ask them to honestly offer you some feedback. You could say, if you could offer me one thing to be aware of or work on, what would it be? And if they're uncomfortable, you could give them some space by saying, would you be willing to think about it? And then we can meet later this week to discuss. I really want to know how I'm being perceived and how I can improve. Number two, offer feedback. Who is someone in your professional life that you want to invest in? You've witnessed something that that person is doing, saying, or being that's likely a blind spot. What is it exactly? What behavior or specific example can you use from the recent past? (laughs) It's important that it's the recent past. Have the courage to share your observations with that person. Remember to avoid judgments and vague statements like, you seem frustrated or you seem upset. Instead, what did the person do or say that leads you to believe that they are frustrated or upset? What did that behavior make you or others feel? Number three, make personal connections. How well do you know the members of your team? When was the last time you connected with them personally, checked in, wondered how they're doing, really? Ask them something about themselves. If you do this naturally with your direct report team, how about your peers or others in your organization? The valuable time that you invest in others has dividends. The greatest reward is the ability that each of us have to see and acknowledge another person, value them, connect with them. This week, practice being generous by seeking feedback, offering feedback, and connecting with others. Join us next week to learn from Shaquille Barmal, who is a teacher, mentor, and coach. Until next week, stay generous, everyone. Thanks for listening to ROG, Return on Generosity podcast. Please help us grow by subscribing and reviewing us on your favorite podcast player. And for more information, visit bridgebetween.com. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give.